When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the Cardiff City podcast in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. I'm your host, Glenn Williams, and I am joined by the man himself, Nathan Blake. Blakey, how are we doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. It feels like a while since we've done this, just me and you. Yeah, just yeah, k- yeah. Kicking the breeze, you we know? We had that um, rugby guy in last week. No, uh, don't speak about him. That, uh, the bearded one, you know? Yeah, the big yeah. Big fella. Yeah. Ben- um, Benjamin or something. Yeah, Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he's on it to be fair he's done well yeah podcast but he's uh, wrong shape ball for him yeah, <laughs> yeah although he does love his football in fairness yes yeah, so I went up to Newcastle to interview Chopras we missed missed one then and then we had the Facebook live when they were um, going to appoint a new manager yeah I missed the last two so uh, yeah how was Michael him. how was Michael Chopra I tell you what he was absolutely brilliant yeah. spoke so well um, nice to see him doing well now he mm. spoke quite openly and candidly about the, the travails of his past and things like that, and how important Cardiff City fans were in his in his rehabilitation and things like that. It was, oh. it, it was brilliant. So it's good to see him doing well now. Good for him. Yes, yes, yes. It was lovely to see. So well. a lot to talk about again. So since I haven't seen you for for so long, we'll have a little. What mountain are we going to climb today? <laughs> Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Harris's reign so far. Um, the appointment. Okay. What you've what you've made of it. Okay. Um, the academy and the things we've spoken about there and the changes that seem to be afoot. Um, first away win of the season. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Um, and then looking forward to, to the weekend. So uh, let's kick it off with Harris's reign so far. Blakey, what have you made of the two and a bit weeks Neil Harris has been in charge? Uh, well, you can't argue with it, can you? Uh, a draw and a win, effectively, if you're going to go with uh, his... You know, him being in charge, if you want to say two draws and a win, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's okay. I, 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 you know, to be fair, like we've said a few times before, I think someone, you know, there should be more coming out of the players that they've got to hand, most definitely. Um, and I think you, you're seeing that now. Uh, although it's still very, very early to judge anything, but... You can't knock it. You can't knock the manager. He's done well. Fair enough. Obviously, his appointment happened, and there was some sort of disconnect between some members of the fan base. Some were happy to see it. Some thought it was a bit of an underwhelming appointment. But immediately after that first press conference, almost it seemed like it all changed. He said all the right things, um, and he he won over a large section. I think. Or what would you think? Do you think fans have been won? Yeah, over listen. Them? I think listen. Fans will switch like. When they're ready, it's simple as that, you know. That scepticism's always going to be there. I think fans had just got to the point where they had accepted the situation with Neil uh, Warnock and how we played. And, you know, 
three years on where you know this has got to move forward because it's getting us nowhere uh, it's going backwards um, or at least stood still and if you're still stood stood still then others are trying to move forward so effectively you're in reverse so um, listen I, I think listen when you're when you go into those sorts of situations those positions you can't focus on what people are saying or what people are thinking you literally just got to go out and prove the point whether that's a player or a manager you just have to go out and the proof will be in the eating of the pudding it's as simple as that so you know you can't argue at the moment I still think it's it's way too early to be judging how they're playing you know performance level is it more of a keep ball you know do you have more possession are you better positionally out of possession no longer following players around the pitch you know 1v1s and stuff like that so all these things will come out over the next three to four months and uh, you know touch wood we'll continue to see improvements I know Harris did say that it wasn't going to be a revolution overnight and he was hoping to change the football as more of an evolution but I think fans that have been encouraged that in the first three games at least you, we have been able to see a slight, well, if only a slight change, but definitely a change in the style of play. Would you say in the first? Three Absolutely, games? Uh, I think I think what it is, uh, G. And this was the point I I used to try and make, especially this season and Premier League. I think we were so far away from trying to play, it just didn't even seem to be a concept of ours. We had this way of playing, uh, and we weren't going to try anything different. And then at times. Players would show a glimpse. You'd see three or four players knock one touch, two touch, bang, 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 and it might result in an opportunity, or it might result in a goal or a corner or something like that. And you think, well, it's there. And like I've said a million times on this podcast, you know, players start playing about six, seven, eight years old. You know, passing the ball to one another is what you do from day dot. Right now, if you can pass the ball ten yards to your mate. You know, whether he's under pressure or not, you know, in fact, more players would probably rather be under pressure. So you know where the man is, you can turn him, do what. But if you can't do that, then there's something wrong. And, you know, you can't be buying players for two, three, four, ten, twelve million quid and then expecting them not to want to go out and play football. Can't be just stuck in this way of playing that, okay, it's got me success. But surely at, at, at some point, the, the frustrating thing for me was, Okay, you you you've done that, you've got that. Now what? Right, move to the next stage, right? Because you know, statistically, the fact possession and things like that, lack of possession, is where we're killing ourselves. Basically, do you know what I mean? It's shooting ourselves in the foot because we've got a lack of possession. So, um, even if you can move to a, a 50-50 sort of situation, I'm not saying be Man City and kill teams with possession. But improve the counter-attack. Improve, like I said a couple of weeks ago, your positional play, both in possession, out of possession. And automatically, you would move forward. Give players, you know, a few ideas around the box. You know, big Gary, tell him, you know, don't come outside the 18-yard box, stick between those sticks, you know. Um, and things will automatically improve. I just felt it was... There was so much you could improve on so quickly, so easily. Mm. 
the results were always going to be immediate in those small things. Well, if if it stands to reason, really, if you get a bit more possession, you you know, if I've got the ball and you haven't, you know, chances are we can do something with it. So, just it would for me, I wasn't expecting us to move to become like I say Barcelona, but. I felt it was one of the reasons why I said when we were in the Premier League that Neil um, should have brought in another coach. Now, I know Jepson and Blackwell were offended by that, but it wasn't a, a, a dig at them. It was, right, you two might learn something, the manager might learn something, but move forward to the, to the next level because, you know, ultimately you want to stay in the Premier League. You don't want to just be in there for show and enjoy yourself. You know that wound me up that sort of approach. So um, I think there's a lot of scope for Neil Harris to move forward without really having to dig into the technical tactical handbook and really you know dig deep. I think there's very simple things which he can do, and by the looks of things, he's beginning to do that can improve the way we play. I think. For me, um, the first game uh, away at Charlton, horrendous Wi-Fi at Charlton, by the way. I had to run down to the press room to watch the second <laughs> half of the game. You sound like my kids. So that was bad. But after the first half, um, I saw a lot of fans on social media with their hand, head in their hands. Oh, God, what have we done? 2-0 down. Looked so open, so exposed. Pack and Bakuna didn't look like they knew what they were doing in a, in a, in a midfield too. But fair play. Since then, since the opening forty-five minutes, I've been I've been relatively impressed, and because they've gone from Neil Warnock was a big advocate of that tight midfield three, wasn't he? And now, what I think has been important, especially after that first game, is he's given Lee Tomlin almost the license to be a second striker, and he's put his trust in Pack and Bakuna in central midfield, and said, "Right, you two have to own this midfield. You're not going to have another one in there with you." And it, as a result of that. Lee Tomlin has flourished further forward so we, I think we're seeing that pattern just, just together a little bit more do you think? Yeah I think the trio um, if I was to select the three to play in there those would be the three mm. what I'd say to uh, Marlon is don't drop into the back four so often right um, I think him and Bakuna they could well Bakuna has but they could both play at the higher level honestly and Tomlin, I would say, I need, you know, if you're giving me 70% forward, I need that 30% defensively to outpack and and not, like, shutting down, closing down. I mean, just slipping, fall into a position where, especially when, if Pack or Bakuna break up the plate, you're the first immediate pass. You're our first pass, which then can go into you, into a striker, out to a winger, back to me, I go forward, so it's it, it's a, a a way of playing a pattern that everyone gets to understand. But um, you know, you not you don't you don't get a player like Lee Tomlin and expect him to be a defensive warrior. You know, he, he does what he does. You know exactly what it says on a tin sort of thing. Mm. And um, I just never understood why Neil signed him in the end, Neil Warnock. Uh, and then this season, because we started so poorly, it was kind of an SOS to him, you know. And wherever he played, he done well. And because Bobby Reed left as well. Yeah, and then yeah. didn't find himself in the team for like away games or the next game, which was a similar situation with Bobby Reed. So you had to say like these creative players, 
weren't really up near Warnock Street, even though we were buying them, almost like as a way, I look back and think it was a way of satisfying people rather than as part of a game plan. Because if you remember when he signed Tomlin, you know, a lot of fans weren't happy with, you know, the team going into that, you know, championship season where we got promoted. And Tomlin kind of calmed the nerves of everybody. They thought that was a very good signing. But then subsequently didn't play. But because the success on the pitch was so good and they got promoted, it was kind of became a forgotten man. So um, who's to say, like, I'm, I'm from the world where you say, well, if he was playing, who's to say you don't finish top? By eight points, you win the league, you know what I mean? Or something like that. So, you know, when you've got a player of, of that ability uh, um, and you know what he does and he's done it at championship level, you know, frequently and you buy him, <laughs> you've got to expect to play him. So, for me, that three, you know, Pakuna's got a lot of legs and can play and can get a goal, pack, uh, good positionally. And uh, like I said, just needs to not drop into the back four as much. Uh, and that's for the back four. That's him trying to do too much. Mm. Right, Marlon? That's where, you know, um, Nelson and whoever, um, Flint, they have to get him out of there. Do you know what I mean? But I think where what's happened is where they, they're like not as assured. They're looking better, you have to say. Yeah. Not as assured. They like that protection of having another person dropping in and no, that, no, get him out of there. Mm. You know, you're the back four, you're the two centre halves. You've got two people sat in front of you and one in front of him. Get him out of your back four. Don't let him drop in too deep all the time because all it does it gives the midfield man space and it kills Bakuna, mm. which is what you've seen at um, Charlton. So Bakuna ends up on the far left hand side, closing down what should have been Marlon slowing down. So. Uh, but that trio, really good trio. Um, and they just seem to be playing in the, in the right positions now. It was always the right trio, but I just felt like... Well, you've got to give it time to develop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And Tomlin's I, I, I think, a bit too mixed and, and, and not just that, Tomlin's feeling like, no matter how I play, I'm not playing next week sort of thing. That's kind of the feeling everyone got. It's mm. the same when Reed was here in the Premier League. Mm. You, know, you know, still, I still look at that Fulham game up at... Uh, but um, I wait for them in the Premier League towards the end of the season a game that possibly win you possibly highly likely you stay up mm. and you know him not coming on and I forget who was uh, come on not um, what's his name Healy was it yeah Reese Reese Healy. Healy you know to this day it is at the amusement mm. Well, coming on to the Forest game then, on the weekend just gone. Mm. First away win of the season, that is got to be a monkey off the back, isn't it? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, no surprise. I think Paul called it last week. He did. Uh, he's most, cer- most certain he's been good. Yeah, game yeah, all, called yeah. it. Called, he said, like, we're a bit of a bogey team for them. Um, called it, called 1-0. Uh and you know we can't say we we, we were brilliant, but um, better. I feel yeah, like that's, be- that's the sort of game. Better, and you know you don't expect. A few weeks ago. Yeah, you don't expect Neil Harris to come in and two weeks later you be playing a totally different style of football. You know, that's that's never going to happen. And I and I think anyone who's expecting big changes at any point 
is not going to happen. I think what you'll see is a gradual change, and then you'll see um, a, a, a different uh, style of football, but with a percentage, bit of percentage ball in there also, which is generally what. Neil Harris tends to do I think he's being forced to have to play a bit more football even if he didn't want to I think he's going to be forced to because like fans said you know, we don't want to watch this no more you know, even the most ardent of Neil Warnock supporters in the end were saying this is becoming increasingly difficult to watch you know? and at the end they always say Glenn you're in the entertainment business uh, footballers we're in the entertainment business our job is you work hard all week, you come on a Saturday, I go out, I perform, and hopefully send you on with a few good memories. So Nathaniel Mendes-Lang was the match winner on Saturday. I mean, it's, we all said before the season, if this guy is on form, he's going to tear up the championship this season. Mm. I know you're a big fan, Paul's a big fan. I hadn't seen him at his best, but I think the last five, four or five weeks, at least, I think he's really starting to show what he's capable of now and a brilliant goal on Saturday yeah it's a great goal took it really really well great finish um, and some nice football as well and I, and I like the I like the fact that there's a bit more freedom you know I don't want him staying on one side and say oh let's stay on the other side I, you know you want that that front four to rotate you want Tomlin to end up in the inside left position or the inside mm. right position you know, you want your striker, uh, Medin, pulling out. So, you know, the likes of Hoylet or Murphy or Mendes Lankin moving between them in the last striker position on a forward run. You know, these are things that, to me, they're just natural. You know, anyone, I was telling you the story earlier, I won't repeat it, but anyone who, I was never brought up on that from an eight-year-old kid. Spencer Boys, Harry Lee, my coach, pass move in the gym every every day. Pass move, pass move, pass move. You know, school, pass move. Um, and then that was that was the way we played all the way up to, you know, went to Chelsea, pass move. You know, Sheffield United, more of a long ball, but then you had players who could really play, like Glyn Hodges, um, uh, Mitch Ward, Dane Whitehouse, they were, they were ball players, like, you know, so you have to be able to play. You can't just rely on on one technique sort of thing so listen I just think everything's going in a in a positive direction at mm. the moment mm. great finish from Mendes Lang absolutely well, wonderful finish yeah right at the far corner yeah, for yeah, from 20 yeah. yard up 20 a lot, yard of, lot of swaz on it yeah mm. yeah the second half obviously the hosts as, as you probably would have expected took control a bit more mm. but you know the, they've been having a good season they play in front of their their home fans we're a bit of a bogey team for them mm. but I just thought I, I, I never really felt like Cardiff were in that much trouble I felt like uh, Joe Lolly, Amiobi they were shooting from 20-25 yards out all the time and I, I feel like Cardiff's shape was just so much better yeah and that's what it's, we, we said a couple of weeks ago two weeks ago it's not it's out of possession and in possession Cardiff's shape is awful alright and for me, it has been for probably three seasons. Mm. Right? It's not a new thing. It's just you know common sense to me. If you're a right back and you're chasing the left winger across past the centre half, past the second centre half, over towards the left back, and you're in that channel, to me, that's a lack of common sense. But if the manager's telling you to do it, you have to do it. So shape-wise, and once you go 1-0 up, 
you are thinking to yourself, right, we need to hold on to this now. Uh, but what we've got, the ability to counter-attack. You know, that's why I say work on the counter-attack. It's not something that you can do five minutes here and there and it, you know, comes off or leave players to their own devices and it comes off during the game. It's little patterns, little ideas, little, you know, and you have to put these things in the player's head. So when I'm in that position, it's the first thing I think about. It sort of becomes automatic, muscle memory, you know. With it. And it, you, you put your hands up and say, look, if we counter-attack out, five yards outside our eight-yard box, if we pass ten balls, two are going to be intercept intercepted. All right? You take down the chin, mm. right? And what we do, we recover quickly and get in and make sure we've got shape. But at least seven or eight times, you should be easily comfortable enough. The players we've got and the quality and the money they've paid for them should be able to say bang, bang, bang. We And then you've got burning, pacing, Mendes Lang, burning, pacing, Murphy. We should be... We should be Feared. Mm. That's how I look at it. We should be a team that is feared on the counter attack. Uh, and with someone like Tomlin that can open up the door, Kuno can stretch a team as well and get in behind you. You know, it's um, it, it's something that I think I'm hoping Neil Harris, you know, slowly builds towards that. At home, we're a very good, solid attacking team, and away from home, we're a very good, solid counter-attacking team unless it's a type of team you can go and you feel right we can play our natural game and really or our plan A game and really take these to task you touched a little bit on Josh Murphy there I don't think he's played a minute of football under Neil Harris no. is that a concern? There's a, well there's a few concerns but it, again it's 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 opinion mm. you can't you can't can't knock a manager's opinion you have to just Give him some time and judge him on what he thinks is best. Do you know what I mean? That's what we're here to do. You know, you know, players always are better when they're out of the team and you're losing. Yeah. Right? When you're winning, people just forget. You know? Start the season, everyone's saying, Well, we've got we need salt, we need salt, we need salt. Right? That was the the general consensus. Yeah. So players when they're out of sight, out of mind, they become a lot better. Uh, and some are very important. But um, like I say, it's always when they're not in a the team they become more prevalent. So the defence, I must say, I, I did my play ratings on, on Saturday and I gave man of the match to Curtis Nelson, but I could quite have easily given it to eight. He's, 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 he's looking really good, Nelson. Yeah, yeah. I have to say. The partnership he's building up with Flint. Yeah. I, I, was very, I was impressed with Flint, but I, I did think that Nelson just offered that extra dynamic. Flint, I think, has just been included in the championship team of the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, how have you seen their partnership flourish in the last couple of weeks? Well, I think the problem before, if just wheel back to the Morrison-Flint partnership, you've got two players that are too similar. Yeah. Right? You've got two players who are doing the exact same thing and capable of doing almost identical in how they play and what they do. Right? Both really offensively, really dangerous in the opposition's box. Both okay defensively in their own box not great I wouldn't say just okay and then both on the halfway line will come through and head it but if you turn them they're in deep 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 water <laughs> I did not know what that word was going to be right? <laughs> <laughs> you were looking at me you could say so they're they're very they're too similar yeah and that, that you know that's easy to recognise you know it's frustrating and 
Again, Nelson, someone you bought, bring him, but you know, he's an athlete. He's a little shorter, he's good in the air, got a good leap, he's quicker, you know, he's better on the turn. You know, he, he, he's a good player. So, you know, you've got, you've got to trust in people. And when, he, when, when players from, say, League One, League Two come up to the championship and they play amongst better players, some sink, some swim. But if you swim, you become a better player because you're playing with better players. So you don't, you know, nothing, nothing is too much for you, nothing, too much trouble. So for me, I think he's been really good since he's come in. You know, I think, you know, at, at this moment in time, he's my first centre defender. It's mm. who I play with him, rather than, um, you know, worrying about Sean coming back or do I play? Who do I play? Or three centre. I wouldn't. I just wait. Right, who do I play with Nelson? Can you imagine Manga and Nelson together? Oh, That'd be nice, wouldn't it? The dream. Yeah, it'd be nice. But hey, we can dream. <laughs> also, another one um, I'll pick out is Lee Peltier because I feel like oh, he's uh, been brilliant. Yeah, and under Warnock, I feel like Flint and Peltier were sort sort of the four guys in terms of the defence because they weren't as uh, they didn't have the ball playing skills maybe of a Nelson or or a Bennett, but Personally, the last two three games, I think Pelt has been unbelievable. Body on I the think line. this season. Yeah. Honestly, I think this season, I think Pelt has just become. I would actually put him as captain if I'm totally honest. Normal on pack. I wouldn't. I I just think he's been here a bit. Uh, he's been here a lot longer. Uh, he understands things and. Like I say, defensively, what you get out of Lee every week is a nine. He doesn't ever let you down defensively. Uh, and I think part of his problem was he was being asked to do things that he probably instinctively knew that I can't follow him all the way over there. Mm. A couple of times I've seen him like go into deep in the midfield, beyond the halfway line in the midfield, and then like scurrying to get back, looking over his shoulder, thinking they're in down the left-hand side. This is going to look like my fault. But actually, I've been told I have to follow him to the toilet if he goes there right <laughs> so I think that's not really and I think he's getting forward more this season and it's not necessarily getting forward to get on the end of things crossing the ball sometimes he's just running forward to make the run which makes the space easier for say Medine to have the ball to his feet or the little move inside to Bakuna so you know you're running off the ball unselfishly to make space for other people also I just think I've watched that and I've, I think, you know, like I say, defensively he's, he's always been sound, even better this season. But he is doing more going forward also. I, I just, I, I've just always liked him as a player. One last thing I wanted to touch on in, uh, in part one was, uh, was Gary Medine because I feel like, um, again, another, another one of these players who people probably thought was going to be the first one out the door in January. I mean, I know... Warnock tried to move him on in the summer, but there was no suitors. But I feel like he he's been great as well the last couple of games. Well, he's in fairness to him, he's playing at the moment where he's not scored. He knows it's not endeared himself to the fans, and there's a price tag on his head. Right, the price tag is not nothing to do with him. That is what it is. The fans seem to be giving him a bit more love. And he's become the main number nine, putting himself about, blah, 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 on the pitch. I just think if he can get a goal 
uh, and three or four back to back, there's no telling, really. You might see a complete, you know, 360, you know, simple as that. But, yeah, I think for anyone to say that he's he's not led the line well um, since playing, I do feel like the, 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 the lack of confidence, and in his head, I would say, as a striker, I would say in his head, the ball he plays for Hoylet, the little one across, and Hoylet kind of scuffs it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a steak and chips, mate. That's yeah. a fillet for a striker. If he's full of confidence. That, that's bang right. onto your right foot and slip under the goalkeeper or toe poke with your left foot or roof of the net. But there, there's so many things you can do with that, honestly. There's chip the keeper as he goes down, slip it to one side or the other, outside the foot, inside of the foot, left or right, shift it slightly to the right, finish in the far corner. Right foot high in the near post, high round his ear. There's so much, but unselfishly, tries to set up his mate because he thinks that's an easier chance. Yeah. Gary Medine in mean machine mode eats that up for me. So I would, I would encourage him to, if you miss four chances, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Just keep leading the line, doing what you're doing, bringing people into play, and you know. Don't hope you score. Tell yourself, I know I'm going to score. He's just a fingertip away. And Jack Butland... He has been for the last three or four games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think Neil Harris said after the game as well just how, how pleased he's been with, with the fan reaction. You can you can tell Cardiff fans are appreciating the, the work that he's putting in. Listen, Cardiff fans don't want to uh, diss any of their own players. No fan does, really. You know what I mean? Unless you're coming from Swansea and you come in and have an absolute torrid... Do you know what I mean? They're not, they're not going to diss you. So even though they're going to give him a stick, what, do you know they used to give me stick? And all I used to say is, I knew I deserved it. So then they saying, Blakey, shift your backside. I'd be like, you know, there might be something going on in the background or I'm not feeling it today or whatever, whatever. But I know, right, eventually, the way I play, it, it, they, was, they was demanding. You know what I mean? And it's, you have to perform. And that's how, basically... Your performance level just grows because the more responsibility you take, the more they're going to say, we want more. You've got to accept that. But when you give it, they'll love you forever for it. And, you know, that's it in a nutshell, basically. You know, it's like, you know, your dad don't, when you do something stupid, your dad don't say, well done, son, does he? He tells <laughs> you off. And that's what they're basically doing. So it's not personal to Gary. So he's not the first and he won't be the last. So... And he's shaking it off at the moment, and people are seeing, oh, this kid is coming back to life a bit, you know, he, you know, you know. And I, I'm sure, away fans, home fans, we're all just, oh, come on, get, get on the end of something, smash it in the back of the net, you know, take your chance, and then I guarantee you, that seed, you know, by next week it won't be a flower, it'll be a damn sunflower. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Well, all good for him. All good. Yeah, fingers crossed for yeah, the next absolutely. game. Speaking of, that is the end of part one. In part two, we'll we'll be previewing the Barnsley game. Uh, Blake, you'll be answering your questions, and we'll do our predictions. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of Blakey's boot room. We're going to be moving swiftly on to. 
the home game against Barnsley on the weekend. So, Blakey, Barnsley, bottom of the table. Real, yeah. real chance to build some more momentum. Yeah, you know, and what? I think around about 10 or 12 points, something yeah, like that. 12, 13. Yeah. So, uh, oh, it's one of those, you know, it's, 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 it's there's no give-me's. But it's what I just said a moment ago about if you're going away from home, you don't have to adjust into a counter-attack. You play your natural game and you should beat this team. Uh, and especially at home, you know, confidence, two wins and a, uh, two draws and a win. You know, just go and beat them up, mate. You know, just go and play a game, run rings around them, physically dominate them all over the park, come off there, you know, three goals to the good. You know, and it's the kind of game you can really build confidence in your team. So um, I look at it as, uh, like I said, there's no gimmies, but I look at it as, Oh, I, it's a game that I expect us to win and win comfortably. Anything other than the win will be disappointing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, listen, you can they could go out and perform excellently, um, and Barnsley could have three attacks and score three goals, and they lose three two, something like that. You know, and can't move down to other teams. Listen, in the likelihood <laughs> of that happening, we would. That's that's the beauty of the podcast. We're able to break that down and say, you know. It's not the way we were playing or performance. It was just, you know, we're able to recognise that. Some people might say, would just say, ah, oh, we're crap, we lost 3-2, blah, 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 blah. So, as long as the performance is there, which seems to be getting better and better game by game, um, I'd expect Cardiff to, to win that comfortably, yeah. And we were talking with our esteemed colleague, Ian Mitchell-Moore, earlier, the Swansea City correspondent, yeah. and we were saying about how Swansea seventh, Cardiff are tenth. There's two points in it. It just shows how close and how quickly you can all change. Absolutely. If you put a, you know, I think uh, I always say for for recent times, look at Cardiff in the championship when they went up automatically and the start of the season, and then have a look at their run around Christmas time, where they couldn't buy a win uh, for four or five games. But what it enabled you to do was stay in the top four constantly because you'd built up so much of a so much credit basically, uh, and that is what has been lacking this year. You know they they're chasing to get on a run of like that's what they need to do get on a run of not two draws and a win, you know, two wins a draw three wins a draw, maybe a defeat tucked in somewhere and then another three or four wins two or three wins with a draw, they need to get that sort of form and momentum going, especially now after Christmas, because, you know, I didn't think under Neil Warnock, we were ever going to get anywhere near the playoffs. Honestly, I thought at about 8th, ninth, 10th was best. We were, because that's how we played. It was, it was evident, you know, it wasn't like, not looking at the players and going, oh, he's not good enough, he's not good enough. You know, it, the way we played was never going to be good enough to get us in those top echelons but I don't look at the league and say it's special this year you know I think more than capable we'll look at the run we've had and we what how many points are we outside the playoffs at the moment can't be many only a couple five yeah something like that do some quick researching yeah um, so we've got in six place Preston, who are on thirty-one. Mm. Cardiff City tenth place on twenty-eight. So three yeah. points. 
there you go. Just so, need all of them to lose a bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which never happens. But the idea is just stay within a game to two games, a game, a draw, a win and a draw within that top six. That's what we said at the beginning. As long as they can just don't let that gap of points develop mm. too much. Because then what it is, it's in your own hands. You know, if we win three on a spin, it's hard to do, but capable of doing it. If we win three on a spin, we're likely to leapfrog up into seventh, maybe fifth. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But it's in your own hands and there's so much game time. So Cardiff not in a bad position. What they don't need is the momentum they gain from the confidence they gain from these draws, win, hopefully win Saturday again. You know, and then a period of four or five games where you get two draws and three losses. You know, they can't afford to have that kind of patch, especially once Christmas is gone, because I would say then the best they can hope for is probably fifth or sixth at any any time in the season. Even listen, even listening to you speak now, though, Blakey, I feel like if we rewound five weeks ago mm. to now, you seem a lot more optimistic. Far more optimistic. Mm. Yeah, far more optimistic because, I, I, like I said, there was so much you could do without doing too much. Mm. You know, and that's what I, what, what the disappointment was for me with Warnock and his his staff. Yeah, they kind of they kind of they done a great job coming in, keeping the club up. Done a marvelous job with the promotion season. Done a. 50-50 in the Premier League. In fact, I go less than that, really, because I felt like the rhetoric at the beginning that we played and blah, 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 was so defeatist, we were never going to stay up. And then in the end, we thought we could have stayed up, but we let so much points go at the start of the season for not being organised, not being ready, you know, going into the game with this, oh, we're happy to accept, you know, we're just here for the party sort of thing. Attitude. And had that changed... You know, I think we could have stayed up comfortably. But this yesteryear, like I said, I didn't think a lot needed to be done to one give these boys, you know, the ability to gain confidence, play a bit more football, show a bit more faith in their ability individually and co- collectively. And yeah, I, I am more optimistic. Talking about positivity, just wanted to get your take on this. You might not have seen this yet, but Paul Abandonato spoke, spoke with Ken Chu and head of the academy, James McCarthy, yesterday. Um, okay. Spoke about the big grand designs for this uh, for this academy, how they wanted to become a Category 1 academy, which would place them in the top Yeah, category, the categories don't matter. Listen, before categories came in, Cardiff produced footballers. It's, you know... It, you can get lost. You can get lost in in right. So the purpose of take away the word academy, right? The purpose of junior football is to prepare you for senior football, right? Now, I've said this a million times. If I've got the cream of the crop, which Cardiff effectively have had for the last or last ten years, now it's being shared with Swansea. If I've got the cream of the crop from this area, right, and I'm not producing, I've produced zero players worth talking about, I have to ask myself, the question has to be asked, right, is my, are my coaches good enough? 
because you coach to a manual. You don't coach off your own back. You don't, if you're a coach, Glenn, you don't go into Cardiff Academy and say, oh, do you know what? I think I'm going to do this today. Mm. You coach to a six-week program, right? Over the course of a season, different things, different things. And you can introduce different things in between that and, you know, develop it so it becomes more game-like and what have you, what have you. But you have to ask the question, if prior to the academy becoming an academy, the last player you produced of any note is now playing for Juventus, right? And since that, you've not produced a player, but you've released many players who are now in the Football League. Like I said, against Charlton, one who was at our club was now playing in a club who was sitting sitting higher than us at the table mm. and he's gone down the League 2, League 1 level and come back into championship level that route never got anything for him so I'd be interested to hear what the plans are but I think you can get carried away you can smoke screen people mm -hmm. right? I know people who give you go for an interview as a coach or carry manager or first team manager and blow you away on a computer with a presentation, blow you away. But then as soon as they get on the training ground, you're dealing with men who are now judging you, right, what you bring into this party as a manager, what you bring to this party as a coach. The difference is with youth, you're able, as the coach, you're able to influence not just the ability, but the mind, because I think that gets lost a lot, is that the fact you're trying to develop young men, mm. right? Not just a footballer, young men. And I think that's been a problem with Cardiff's Academy for too long. So, please, lay it on so, me so, and lay it so, on me thick. Let Ken, me hear what, uh, what's been said. I feel like this is quite a telling quote. So, Ken Chu said to Paul, uh, Vincent, so Vincent Tan, says we need to bring young players through, not only with Cardiff City, but also into the Wales international team. He wants to see Wales play at Cardiff City Stadium <laughs> with a number of Bluebird stars. So you must see on the podcast a couple of weeks ago where we said that... Uh, One young Welsh talent coming through. There's no, there's no talent. Uh, I think there's seven players in the Welsh squad now who are at Swansea or have been at Swansea in, in recent times. And there's zero from Cardiff. Yet Cardiff, like I said, have had the cream of the crop for the last decade. It can't be right. Mm-hmm. And they say that Neil Harris was, was the perfect candidate because one of the first questions they asked him in the interview was basically what his plans were with the academy. Ken Chu says, we didn't choose a manager who was necessarily a fan's favourite. We would have gone elsewhere if it were as simple as that. Basically, Neil Neil's the kind of manager we think is going to take our, our club forward in terms of the academy. So they're, they're saying all the right things and it, it looks as though okay. that's the direction so, that they're implementing. So what I would say to Ken and the club are... Okay, say you go to the academy, say Neil goes to the academy. Now, I've seen academy football, the 18s, the 23s. I've seen there are players there, right? But let's say it's a game of opinions. So let's say the manager goes and sees and says, well, I don't think anyone's good enough. What happens then? So it, 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 you don't implement the plan because it's the, it's the plan. As part of that plan, you have to have the individual, right? He's good enough to go... And play in there now. Like I said, there are individual players at academy level who are good enough. But then you'll get into coaches. Some coaches will be playing games with kids because oh, I take a disliking to him because he's done this or this and that. There's so much that goes on. That's why I say you need a director of football in there mm. that kids, parents, and understands football that can go directly to if they have a problem. 
right, and say, right, here's what I think is happening, blah, 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 blah. And that person should be able to take away any worry, any angst anyone has, and it has to be a fair system. If you're a good player, the opportunity will come. But it's, we don't give you the opportunity just mm. because, you know, we haven't had no players through in the last five, six years. So, you know, we're just looking for people just to put through the system. No, you have to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Kent Hughes also said there, Neil Warnock wanted senior professionals. Neil Harris, in time, wants more of a two-thirds to one-third blend. He has seen the talent in our academy and wants to unlock it. So, uh, and well, that, that, that is in keeping with what Neil Harris said. Again, that's, that's good to hear. But like I, I never put no tariffs on it. You know what I mean? When I when, when I, I can only speak from like when I went into the Cardiff City team. You know, when I first went in there, I think apart from Jason Perry and Gareth Abraham, um, I don't think they were uh, and Alan Lewis, but they they weren't regulars. Mm. They were the young lads who supported the first team. Peza was was playing. And then all of a sudden, myself, Damon Searle, Lee Badley, you know, um, players who played maybe a year or two pro, uh, and then Andy Gorman. They went in, we went in, and we kept, we became part of the first 11. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because it, what it meant was you don't have to go and buy a left back, a left yeah. winger, a centre back, blah, blah, blah. No, because these players are not just playing weak. Uh, one week in, three weeks out, they're playing like, you know, forty, forty odd games a season, no mm. problem. So you have to be good enough, simple as that. Yeah, and that that is what Ken said. He said we can't just keep buying, buying, and buying. Cardiff needs to become self-sustaining. No, it, they can't keep buying. I, I said Vincent Tan, he, he's good man because I would been asking these questions like four years ago, five years ago. Right, I think he's poured money into the academy. Doesn't matter if you're a cat three, cat one, cat two, cat four, you know, super cat, don't matter. <laughs> top cat. Yeah, top cat, TC, don't matter. What matters is, right, when I look at my squad, first team squad, how many are capable? And not because because we haven't had any in, now we're going to give opportunity to people. Make it difficult. You still have to be the numero uno in your position. Mm. Yeah? You still have to be a bad boy left back if you want to get into this first team squad. And then you've got to shift not just the second left back, but the first who's in every week. Yeah. So if you're a right back, you've got to be thinking to yourself, how do I get past whoever's in front of me, Jazz Richards, and then beyond Lee Peltier? How do I do that? So I have to defend as well as Lee defends, game understanding as, as good as Lee's, but then I have to look at Lee's weakness and think, well, he doesn't get forward as much. Right, I want to be able to do both. That's how you get in. Mm-hmm. That's how, what happens is then, the team becomes better for it. Now, if you imagine that happens all over the park or in four positions, all of a sudden, instead of being a team where people go, oh, we rate them like a six out of 10, three or four players have helped with jumping. Now you're like an eight and a half out of 10. You're a better team for it. So, it, Often it's just, you know, what I don't want to see down there is people saying the right things now. Why they're saying it now, I don't know. It should have been from the day they walked into the club. That should have been the official statement. But Vincent Tan, the money's poured into it. I've been saying for years, I've been looking to, yo, fellas, 
What's happening here? You know, I'm putting like a million pound a year into this thing and I'm getting jack out of it. Mm. Sorry, man, you know, but something's got to change. Yeah, well, Andy Legg left last week because we understand that uh, the 23s want to go in a, a different direction. Sorry, so but, but that's that, that, that like, Leggy, Leggy's good lad. He's played good level. He's managed good level. You know, he knows the game. The problem is in the academy, and I know James McCarthy won't thank me for this, but he has to accept it. You don't know the game as good as a footballer does. That's just the way it is, right? The proof, if you need it, is how many te- how many players you've played for the first team who've been through the academy in the last six or seven years whilst you've been in charge, right? And have gone on and developed into proper, proper pros. Zero is the answer, mm-hmm. right? So whether you... If you're James, whether you like Leggy or not, and I don't know, I don't know what's going on, I don't know whether Leggy's left of his own core, got something better to go to, they've said we're going a different direction, which what I've said, that usually means, right, we get him out. My next question is, and I wonder if Paul asked it, how many former players are now coaching those kids to become the next generation of footballer? It's okay if, listen, it's okay me telling you things like, okay, for instance, most of the kids I look after, they'll all say, oh, yeah, there's this thing about checking your shoulder, checking your shoulder, right? Oh, got to check your shoulder, check your shoulder, check your shoulder. So I say to them, you realise you can check your shoulder without actually turning your head, don't you? And they're flabbergasted. They're looking at me like I'm from a different planet. And I say, like, well, you listen to foot patterns, you know he's coming steaming, that centre half, right? I can hear him, he's breathing everything. We've had a little mix two minutes ago. He's now coming to do me. So as the ball arrives, I'm going to take a touch and jump because he's going to try and do me, right? I haven't looked over my shoulder. I can hear him breathing. I can hear his footsteps, whether he's coming fast, slow, whatever, right? That football intelligence, isn't it? That, that is something that, right? Experience. Kids have been at Cardiff and different places. They've never heard that before. It's not part of the coaching manual, see? But it's game knowledge, right? That I pass on, that then they find that they, that is very useful, actually, Nave. Because sometimes, as the ball's being played, if you take your eye off the ball and he's kicked it hard and you think, and then as you look back, it's already there and you lose your touch, it looks like you've got a poor touch. But as it's just because you took your eye off the ball that split second to check your shoulder. Well, you haven't got time always to check your shoulder. Mm. So it's understanding, and that's what I'm saying. For me, the academy, it won't improve. Listen, you're doing the same thing with the same people expecting a different result. Someone told, someone once said, that's a sign of madness. Yeah, <laughs> right? definitely. Right. So for me, that needs to change. And I'm not saying footballers are only people who know the game. There have been some wonderful top, top level coaches, managers, who got to the top without playing the game. But they're few and far between. Mm. Well, with that in mind, let's move on to, to Ask Blakey. And the first first question's a, a pertinent one. Um, three Little Birds uh, has asked, who, in your opinion, are the youth players... Of- Inside my doorstep, sweet <laughs> Who, in your opinion, are the youth players who have the best chance of featuring under Harris this season? Say that again, please. 
Who, who the, in your opinion, are the youth players who have the best chance of featuring under Neil Harris this season? Um, I forget the keeper's name. I always forget his name. George Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh, George Radcliffe. Um, Harry Pinchard, I don't say it because I advise him. I say it because I've seen him play between centre-halves, number six, number eight, number ten. His creativity, way he goes past people, is ridiculous, really. And he's an 18-year-old kid. Um, uh, Coxie, mm-hmm. the full-back. Yeah. Uh, I, at the moment, because, like I say, you're not, if there's 20 of them, you're not going to get 10. But you have to look in between the lines and say, right, I think he could go in. Could he go in? Could Pinchard go in for 15 minutes and play back end of the game that you're winning 3-0 in the 6th, the 8th or the 10th position without a shadow of a doubt could he play as a left back for 15 minutes without a shadow of a doubt you introduce them into you know what I mean the environment yeah absolutely so you don't drop them in there and say right expect to play 90 minutes we're playing the FA Cup against Man City (laughs) you know you say we're 3-0 up against Barnsley right kid on you go enjoy yourself Next one from Gareth Dunning. Alright, Gareth Dunning? Gareth says, uh, Do you think Bambo will ever return to playing again? It was a bad injury, but at the tail end of his career, I didn't think he would play again. He's got back to the fringe, but can't be back up to speed yet, or he would have been involved more. If not, surely he's going to be in line for a coaching role. Uh, you would hope so, but like I just mentioned uh, in the second part of your question, you know, there's not a lot of coaches... Bamba has helped with Andy Leg at the end of twenty threes this season while he was getting his coaching badges. Yeah, you'd hope you do start. The, listen, if there's ten coaches in the academy, I would say three or four of them have got to be former professionals. That's just my motto, mm-hmm. right? Because I want the kids to learn everything. So I said when he got the injury at his age, it's going to be difficult. Why? I know I've been there. Tore my hamstring nine and a half inches, thirty two, thirty three. It's difficult to come back from, simple as that. And the the most frustrating and difficult thing as a player, especially when you've got that experience, is your mind tells you where to be, and then your legs go, "Whoa, he's a tiger!" <laughs> Ten years ago, like you know that, yeah, 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 yeah. fifteen. But so that would be the frustrating thing for someone like Saul is he'll know where he's meant to be, when he's meant to be there, but his mind. Sharp as attack, his legs just can't carry him there as quickly. And what happens is you then tend to start overstretching and over, over, yeah. And you know, so to get back to here where he is now, I think he's done incredibly well. What I'd say to Saul is the advice I'd give to Saul is if he hasn't already, I don't know what he's doing, slightly change, alter your training program Mm. pool, swimming, flippers, diving for bricks, treading water non-weight bearing great for your muscles great for endurance great for keeping the weight off great for lung capacity and then mix that with striding get on the track on the pitch runs but alter your alter your training methods at your age is what I didn't do which I should have done but I was no longer with um, day fever my physio at Blackburn, who was, he was the man. 
Well, I think we can all agree that fingers crossed he stays at the club in in some capacity. Oh, he's got. Listen, they can't afford. They can't afford. But you know, I'm looking at Cardiff City being. top 12, top 15 Premier League club in two years' time and then for the next 30 years. I'm talking it becoming a Premier League institution that, you know, after three or four seasons, people are surprised if we're having a bad run of form and we're in the bottom three, not expecting us to be in the bottom three. So people like Sol, the knowledge, the fact that he's such a leader, the fact that he encourages and the way he encourages, you know, people like that, you can't afford to, you know, your Bruno Mangas on the pitch, you can't afford to let him walk out of the club mm. because, right, he didn't sort out his living, bring his family, blah, 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 blah. He didn't get that depth on it. Listen, if you want to go forward, keep your jewels, keep them within the club, especially if they're, they're willing to stay within the club. The Bluebirds United asks who leaves in January for you if people come in some will have to go which Neil Harris has said he said he's got a bloated squad and if there are going to be any recruit, it's going to be any recruitment in January a few people have to leave who do you think is a, a danger I don't want to I don't want to neither like do that do you? no I don't because like like Gary Medine is like he's turning turning things around you can turn things around pretty quickly right if Gary Medine scores six goals in the next four games and then said, I want to leave in January. We'd be like, oh no. <laughs> right? So, you know, they, listen, they, they, like I, what I've said is what the club, what Ken Chu should adopt is with Neil Harris is a um, a two out one in. Right? Yeah. Because you can't deny that he's going to need or going to want his players. Exactly. Right? One, do they fit into the worry is the philosophy of the club, not Neil, of the club. So does Ken understand that and can he liaise with Neil to get a player that they see? You've got to have foresight. You've got to see the future as well, right, of where you're going. So can they get that type of player in? But you can't deny a new manager not having access to players that he wants to work with. Now, they have to fit the criteria of what the club want and we're not spending any more money because, like I said, Mr. Tan is probably doing two miller a month in wages that he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. That's a minimum. Yeah. I bet it's probably more than that. Yeah. All right. So players on the periphery, tell them, tell the agents, speak to them. Right. You need to get yourself your client at, uh, a club because the old mutual consent will be coming out in the season. All right. Because you're not going to play here. Right? So, yeah, you got a contract. Yeah, you could sit here and pick up your dough. But trust me, sounds like a plan until you're not even training with the 23s, you're training with the bomb squad on your own. Six, seven of you. Like, simple as that. You mm. know what I mean? People say, oh, you're not allowed to do it anymore, but trust me, there's ways. <laughs> so, you know, I think Neil need you've got, to have, you've got to support your manager. But who? Foresight, where we're going, it's got to be in the process. And you know, two out, one in. Okay, we've cut the wage bill. Charlie Wilbury asks. My Charlie. Has Neil Harris's impressive start and the assertive way that he's changed the team around taken you by surprise? They seem to have all bought into his philosophy. No, not at all. I think that was a, 
like I said, there were simple changes that could have been made, should have been made, weren't made, and he's beginning to make them. Ellis Hearn asks, Hi, what kind of player do you think we need to sign in January? Because we need because we need a tenacious midfielder, in my opinion, like Gunnison, Arthur, Joe Allen sort of player. I would say... Quite a lot of central midfielders at the moment, though. I don't think that's an area of concern. I would go with right down the centre of the pitch at, the moment, at this moment in time. So I'd be looking for another centre-half, more athleticism, uh, another central midfielder, someone who's very creative, not a bit creative, very creative. Someone to challenge Tomlin maybe for, for his spot? Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be a 10, it could be an 8. More an 8, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, a centre-forward, I think we've got too many centre-forwards Three need to go and work. It haven't really worked out for them. So, yeah, I'd go there. And then I would say uh, wing position. If you don't fancy Murphy, he's the ideal candidate to say, out you go. You can get money for him in January and bring somebody else in or end of the season, bring someone else in um, and work with a player that you envisage is more deal like if you're Neil Harris but has to fit into right it's not about just here and now Neil it's about where we are and where we want to be alright so you've got to have that eye on that as well so whoever you bring in you know it's all good bringing in someone who in 18 months 2 years time we know is not well you never know but highly likely it's highly likely that he's not going to be able to play Premier League level that's all got to be part of the process. And finally, Toby James Toby. says, Come May, what do you think would be classed as a successful season for Harris? Uh, come May, successful season, playoffs. Uh, decent season, eight. Yeah. Uh, average season, finish where we are now, 10, 11, 12. Okay, then let's move on to final predictions for the weekend. Nathan, as it is your podcast, I will give you the honour. I don't mind this prediction. I'm not sat on the fence. I'll go um, Cardiff Barnsley. I'll go uh, 4-1. I'm confident too, mate. I think 3-1, though. Okay. I think 4-1's a bit of a stretch. 3-1, Cardiff City. Okay. I 4-1 or 3 now. Okie doke. Right, Dale, thank you very much for listening and thanks again for all your questions. And make sure you tune into Cardiff City FC at Wales Online to follow all the latest Bluebirds news. Mm-hmm.